Welcome to CEO and Founder Magic, the podcast for entrepreneurs with stories to tell about your success. I'm Sheila Clefcorn, professional fractional CMO for B2B companies and host of the podcast. I'm deeply committed to transforming the world through technology, one company at a time. So stick with me until the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest with just 15 to 20 minutes of your time. I'm glad you're here. Hello and welcome everyone to the CEO and Founder Magic podcast. I'm excited today to have Jonathan Kendall with us. Jonathan, introduce yourself. Hi, thanks for having me. My name is Jonathan. So I am the co-founder of a company called Virtual Worker Now. So we do outsource staffing and digital marketing solutions. So virtual assistance, customer support, BDR sales. We do web development. Uh, video editing for social media and a little bit, a little bit of everything. It's quite an exciting company and you've scaled that company over a very short time. Can you tell me a little bit about how you came to the company, how it started and how you've been able to scale it? Yeah, I originally started as a copywriter that obviously moves into digital marketing quite quickly. And then uh, I became the CEO. I was the first employee and then became the CEO of a company called MentorBox. That was a proper Silicon Valley in the heart of San Francisco startup, you know, raise capital, scale, all of that. And we were a competitor of Masterclass. So we had over 350 courses and uh, some of the really high level authors, New York Times bestselling authors, Pulitzer Prize winners, Nobel Prize winners. You know, we're playing at a fairly high level with the big publishers in New York. And we would shoot videos and record the video, the books in the video format. So we're scaling that up. It requires a lot of video editing, graphic design, copywriting, digital marketing, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so I was spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in Upwork and Fiverr and trying to find freelancers. And because San Francisco, a customer support agent is $85,000 before taxes and, pay, and, uh, and insurance. So you were trying to keep costs low. I eventually got introduced to my business partner. His name is Yusuf. He has a really big podcast himself, over 100,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube. And he uh, basically was giving me all this really great talent. And he's Canadian and Egyptian. And so he was finding a lot of people in Egypt using his social media. I said, oh, here's a designer. Here's a video editor. Here's a customer support agent. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Eventually, long story short, is it scaled where we were using everything from him. And then I kept on referring more and more of my entrepreneurial friends to him. And he said, hey, wait, you know, you're more of an operator than me. This is going to break if we don't you know, fix the systems. Why don't you come on as a business partner? That was three years ago. You know, since then, we've scaled it. And now we have over 400 employees and over 100 clients. That's fantastic. Really fast. But it also is a journey of seeing what the market needed, right? both for your company and, and your colleagues there in San Francisco. Um, so what's been some of the most impactful things that you've learned over that super fast journey with your company now? Yeah, so I think the most important thing is obsessing over the quality of the product and that will inevitably lead to referrals, which has the highest conversion rate and the lowest cost per acquisition. So not to get super technical, but the idea here is you know you have a funnel, you need leads, you need to sell those leads, convert those leads, and then give them your product or your service. That's the simple version of business. And the best and most effective way to get new leads, ironically, is to just improve your product. And I've found Absolutely. that 
the, the more I focus on having a better quality product, the faster we, we grew. We didn't do any paid advertising. You know, we didn't hack SEO. Like we really just went referral to referral to referral to referral and kind of our version of Metcalf's law and grew really fast. And, you know, we're really proud of that, but I would say just, you know, there's not like fixing your headline or, you know, making your offer a little bit better. Like, I don't think that's going to be the difference between maybe that'll get you five or 10% a quarter or, you know, grow 20% over the year, but that's not going to get you hockey stick growth. If that's what you're looking for, hockey stick growth is being legitimately better than your competitor. And I always ask myself, like, who are my who are my biggest competitors? What are their prices? I know a lot of people say ignore your competitor. I understand that day to day, but when you're thinking about improving your product, be honest with yourself. Literally say, would I buy like let's say software? Why would I buy Go High Level versus Salesforce versus Pipedrive versus HubSpot? And if you don't have a good answer for why, like if HubSpot doesn't know why they're better than Salesforce then they shouldn't exist as a company and they're going to have to be playing this marketing game over and over and over again. Whereas I'd rather play the give more value to the world at a better rate game. And it's just a, it's a more fun game and, and you have to be less salesy. So I think that's probably the number one thing that I focus on is just improving the product. I think that's so insightful. And when you're working with creative folks, there's a wide variety, you know, I own a marketing agency too. So there's a wide variety of talent out there. How have you improved your, your product when your product is a, a, a workforce that tends to have a wide variety of skill sets and quality? Yeah, that's a great question. So we have a two-sided funnel hundred percent. So every time we get a new uh, client, we have to hire someone or multiple people at the same time. And so it's a fairly complex business. I think that that gives us a competitive advantage because a lot of people wouldn't even want to touch it. I go to masterminds sometimes or business events and they say, how do you do that? There's too many people. I, you know, I'd rather sell an online course or something. It's just you know easier to fulfill. And I understand that, but the total adjustable market of all of the staffing problems of every business in the world is in the trillion. So I'd rather play that game, even if it's more difficult. But to answer your, your question tactically is we have we have a two-sided funnel. So my business partner, he has this podcast in Arabic. So we hire a lot from the Middle East, Lebanon, Turkey, um, uh, Dubai, Egypt. We have an office in Egypt. And so we're always hiring from there. So he has a business podcast where he speaks to students and business owners in the Middle East. And then the call to action on that podcast isn't to buy our product or you know listen to these advertisements. The call to action is, if you want to work for us, you should apply, go to this website.com and apply. And then we have an application process, a full-time recruiting team, a fairly robust. Uh, we built a, a company called Virtual Courses Now that all of the courses are free. And it's just for in training internal employees. So we have graphic design courses, copywriting courses, video editing courses, website development courses and everything, BA courses, project management courses. And you can go there and you, you, if you want, you can check them out, but we really only use them for internal employees. So having and, a really and, big- And then do you do skills right? testing or something yeah. to see oh, that yeah. they actually have internalized the training that you're giving them? Yeah. So actually what we do is we will have them apply kind of standardized and then we uh, do a series of interviews and we give them skills tests and then we give them the training. 
And then if they pass the training, then they're assigned to applying. So it's a fairly long process, you know, to, to filter them out. And that's then the, that's most important that you're yeah. doing the skills gaps testing to assure Absolutely. that. And that's one of the challenges of using Upwork is that they've really pretty much stopped doing the skills testing. So you can't verify at least a minimum level of expertise. Yeah, 100%. And we also give free samples on everything. So for example, for social media, we'll just cut up some social media for you. Or for a funnel, we even will do copywriting and a basic design of the above the fold section and show you some examples. Uh, for virtual assistant work, we have uh, give us a test and we'll have them do it and we'll give it back to you before, before you ever sign a contract, before you ever pay. So even the client themselves, if they have some bespoke uh, thing that they need, then, you know, we're, we're in it for the long game. Like, you know, I, I want clients to be around with us for years and years and years. And I want them to start with a virtual assistant. And then three years later, we redo their website and they have, we're doing their social media and we're doing their sales. And, you know, we want to expand together. And in order to do that, we have to, you know, really crush the first and second thing. So that's why I don't worry about giving free samples or a free month or anything like that. So that's another advantage of of us versus Upwork, I think is, like I said, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in Upwork. And I've, I've always, whenever I'm trying to find the person on Upwork, I'll hire five or six people because I just, I don't, you just don't know. And especially if there's a time sensitive project, like, right. and then, but then me or the client doesn't want to pay to five people to figure out who's the best person. So yeah, it's, it's tough. Right? That's, and it's a lot to manage as well. It's a lot. Yeah. And then also one of the problems with freelance is that as soon as they find another client that is paying them more or has a more urgent thing or whatever, then they ghost you for three days when, you know, you really need them. And so, yeah, I think that's our, that, that's why our model is growing the way it is. It's kind of a nice in between it's, you know, we have a really intensive training, really intensive English um, requirements. Like most of our employees went to international schools where they were taught in English their entire lives. So they speak English with their friends, even, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, just a lot of it, it's just, it's like with um, sales. A lot of it with sales is just is filtering. Like if you do LinkedIn, you know, BDR outreach or something, 90% of the battle is like getting the right lead list, to be honest. And so I think the mm -hmm. same thing is, is just having the right applicants and then bringing them along, you know, the right journey. That's what we found. And I think that supplies, by the way, for any CEO or any founder, you know, that's work hiring locally or Upwork or whatever, you know, however it's, however you're doing it, it's a... This the same pattern applies. Yeah. I mean, we have some folks that we've worked with for a very long time from Upwork, and we love that they handle all of the tax reporting and all that kind yeah. of stuff that you have to go through a lot to get to the good ones. Yeah. Um, and so my hat's off to you for developing a, a better model with great folks. Um, any final comments that you would share with our audience who are CEOs and founders on the journey trying to scale faster? Yeah, I would say my current obsession is probably the same as most people is AI. And mm -hmm. you know, Naval Ravikant's The Almanac of Naval Ravikant is the best book I've read in the last five years. And so start there. And he talks about this idea of leverage, right? And so if you want to scale fast, you need leverage. So you need either human leverage or you need software leverage or you need media leverage or you need capital. Right. So he talks about these four types of leverage. 
And a lot of people are scared of the AI because there's maybe a learning curve. It's, it's basically in the category of software, in my opinion, right? So you use software in your day-to-day -day life. AI is just a fancier, better version of software. That's the best way to think about it. So if you used to use um, you know, hand accounting, then you use Excel and maybe now you use QuickBooks and then you use something custom. And you know it's kind of the evolution of accounting is the same way. That's That's all AI is to me. And so I've found that a lot of our clients are really excited about what we're doing because we're training our humans to use AI, right? So it's like, okay, we used to be in the fields tilling and now the tractors come along. But then the new question is, well, who's going to drive the tractor? And so sometimes instead of you learning to drive the tractor, you can just hire someone that's been learning it. And that might be kind of a, a little bit of a shortcut because your competitors that are going to be using like customer support for sure is going to be AI. A lot of sales is going to be AI. All of copywriting is going to be AI in like less than a year. Even, even creative video and, and graphic design. It's just, it's going so fast, so crazy. Mm -hmm. And if you want to keep up with it, because one of your competitors is probably going to do it. And then they're going to be so much better, so fast that they're, it's going to be difficult for you to catch up with them. So I would say, don't be afraid of it, get in the weeds of it. But if you don't want to get in the weeds of it, because you don't want to learn the, you know, 10,000 softwares that are coming out every day, hire someone, but don't let them not use AI. Honestly, that I think exactly. is it's like hire someone that knows how to use AI is like the meta magic trick of this year, in my opinion. Is and the other thing that you need with AI that we talk so much about is you need more strategists. 100%. You, you will have AI doing copywriting and repetitive tasks, but you need thinking people to be able to leverage that because that AI is not going to be able to communicate in your voice exactly. It needs refinement. Any copy that you would create, any product that you would create with AI, even if you're using it in the legal industry, for example, it can take tons of case data and come up with solutions or insights from that data, but you still need a paralegal or a lawyer to look at it and make meaning out of that. And so how are you with your teams helping them learn how to better make meaning of what they're using AI for? Yeah. So the way I think about it is like a bookshelf. So they're, they're in your uh, main objective is to make the decision of the beginning. So what are we doing and why are we doing it at all? Give it, that's, I mean, the, the prompt in, in ChatGDP happens to be that, but there's a lot of softwares that don't require a prompt and it's, you know, whether it's design or whatever it may be. The point is that you're making the strategic, you're totally correct, the strategic decision of like, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And in what order? And then now that we've done that, just think of it like you're a CEO, but imagine instead of saying, now I'm going to assign it to Sally and Bob and Jennifer and whatever, you might be able to say, I'm just going to assign it to Bob and Bob using his seven AI softwares can start implementing it. So it's a, that's a, it, it, it expands the ability of your best people to do more in less time. But the decision well, and Bob's making, job now he need, now needs to be able to do all four of those things 100%. as opposed to the one thing he was doing before, yeah, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And then to your point, it's going to get you like a ninety percent draft, right? So it will give you a draft of whatever it is. But I've seen this 
where I see, are you, I've, I've said this, you know, a, a polite version of this to some of my employees. I'm like, you can't be this lazy. You can't take something that used to be eight hours and now it's 10 minutes and say, well, now it's 10 minutes. It's like, no, if you take another 20 or 30 minutes to do multiple iterations and edit it, and now it took eight, 45 minutes instead of eight hours, that's still way faster. And but you'll have a better you, product because you spent that extra better product. 45 exactly. minutes. Yeah. So yeah. don't think of it as instead of eight hours, it's five minutes. Think of it eight hours, one hour. That's yeah. still a huge uh, efficiency Time gain. saver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huge time saver. But yeah, you're going to have to do, you have to make the decision for it of what it's doing and why. And then you also have to do the final edit. But it, it kind of speeds up that middle. That's the way I think about it with all yeah. of those offers. So the Association of National Advertisers just came out with a new template contract for agencies. And in it, they are suggesting that agencies are very transparent about when AI is used, whether it's used in copy or whether it's used in creating images or what have you. And I think that's really gonna be one of the main things for all of us in this creative space is that we're going to have to be transparent with our clients and our clients may need to be transparent about when AI is used and how. Um, So I think just like AI is moving exponentially fast, uh, how we talk about how things are created is going to be very powerful. And the law around it is going to change as well. I was just talking to a lawyer friend of mine the other day who was saying, you know, the copyright is in the creator. And if ChatGPT is the creator of the copy, then ChatGPT actually has the copyright. (laughs) Yeah, that might be true. This is Gary V recently said, this is how you should be doing it. And then in like three videos later, he said, well, we don't use it at all because of copyrights and we don't want to mess with it. It's like, okay, you know, so you got it. Right. I mean, in our agency, we use it for ideation. We use it for uh, creating drafts of outlines, but we do not use it for actual copy because you need the strategy that goes into it to make yeah. sure it's in the client's voice, to make sure that it is um, telling the right story, that it is authentic, and that there's no duplicate content <laughs> just from an SEO perspective. And oh, so it's that. a really valuable tool. But like to your point, it, it's important not to get lazy and to use it as a substitute. Yeah, I 100% agree. I I love the conversation, Jonathan. Thank you so much for being on our podcast today. If our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, what is the best way to do that? Yeah, I'm really active on uh, LinkedIn. So, you know, you can go to, if you can, if you Google Jonathan Kendall, just my name, I'm sure it'll be in the show notes somewhere and and, uh, send me a connection request on LinkedIn. And I post to LinkedIn almost every single day videos and articles and content and that sort of thing. You can schedule a call right on my LinkedIn if you want to chat about anything. Um, or you can go to my website if you want to you know, work with us, virtualworkernow.com. And it has you know, everything you'll need to know there. You can schedule a call if you want to chat. Again, virtualworkernow.com. Jonathan, thanks for being on the show today. A really valuable conversation. And for those of you who are listening, tune back in to the CEO and Founder Magic podcast. We have new updates all the time and the conversations are great. Thanks so much. 
Thank you for listening to CEO and Founder Magic, the podcast for entrepreneurs with stories to tell about your success. If you felt like this podcast interview captured your story, would you share it on social media? It's easy. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your social account. Be sure to use hashtag CEO Founder Magic and tag anyone you think would be a great guest. I love to see your posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to be sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe and we'll be excited to have you listen. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. And if you know of other business-to-business company CEOs who have compelling stories and who might like to be on this program as well, please visit keo.bz slash book today. That's keo.bz slash book today. And if you want to know more about our fractional CMO program, just go to our website, do a a search on services for fractional CMO, or you can follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at KEO Marketing. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. I'm Sheila Clefcorn, and it's been a pleasure having you on CEO and Founder Magic.